And even though the plans for Steve Wynn's Larev had been announced back in 2001, the last traces of the Desert Inn, the fifth hotel casino built on the Strip, was imploded in 2004 while construction on the renamed Wynn Las Vegas continued. The success of these properties and the optimism in the market at the time would have a profound effect on the North Strip landscape, eliminating two icons in its wake. In 2005, it was reported that MGM Mirage were negotiating a merger with Mandalay Resorts, the second time in the new millennium that MGM would merge with one of the biggest names in the market at the time. Realizing the only way to avoid becoming a similar target in the future, Harrah's also needed to expand. So, they acquired Caesars Entertainment in 2005 for $10.4 billion. Also in 2005, the Fountain Blue project was announced for the long vacated land just north of the Riviera, formerly home to the Thunderbird, but last known as the El Rancho, an attempt to trade in on the nostalgic by rebranding itself after the original hotel casino on the Strip. The project would be Glenn Schaefer's return to gaming. Glenn Schaefer, not only the man who helped build Bennett grow Circus Circus into the Mandalay Resorts empire, he worked with close friend Jim Murin to negotiate the merger between MGM Mirage and Mandalay. In 2006, a year after Wynn opened, and a year before Palazzo would, plans to build a Wynn's sister property named Encore were announced. Optimism in the market, encouraged by other bold moves in the vicinity, would require the loss of some iconic North Strip properties to accommodate. In 2006, Boyd Gaming decided to close the Stardust so they could build a massive casino resort on 87 acres of land named Echelon Place, a project whose scope and design exceeded MGM's plans for City Center, just as construction began on that project. Lastly, the Frontier, the second property built on the Las Vegas Strip, closed in 2007 and was sold to the folks who own the Plaza in New York. Plans were announced for a Vegas version of the iconic Manhattan Hotel, but never made it past artist renderings. By the end of 2007, all those projects would be at risk, impacted by the Great Recession, the worst economic conditions in America since the Great Depression. It would also mark the first time the economy impacted the city of Las Vegas, previously considered to be immune to the economic climate. History tells us those conditions ended in June of 2009, North Strip would never be the same. It still struggles to recover to this day as numerous projects were either stalled or never got off the ground. Optimism has returned to the area and construction has resumed on a few projects, but the feeling can best be described as cautiously optimistic. The movie Lucky You reminds us of a time in Vegas when people thought the only limits the market had were the limits of their imagination. While it isn't a period piece in the traditional sense, at least not yet, or intentionally, one of the truly fun things about Las Vegas is how often it changes. Unlike major cities all around the world, whose landscape typically just expands over the years, Vegas can look radically different from one decade to the next. That's what we get to explore with Lucky You, to see just how different the city looks from the way it did in 2005, when the movie was being filmed, 
today, less than 20 years later. At 43 seconds, the film begins in a pawn shop with a view of a collection of horseshoe pins, pendants, charms, and belt buckles. Another indication that this film is an ode to Binion's horseshoe. What we don't know until five minutes and one second is that this particular pawn shop is located on Main Street, just south of Fremont. As main character Huck, played by Eric Bana, rides away on his motorcycle, we get to see him traveling northbound on Main Street. We know this because here we get to see our first glimpse of the Vegas landscape helping us to establish the exact location. First, to the right, we see Golden Nuggets South Tower, noticeably missing from the landscape in the film versus as it exists today, is the Golden Nugget Rush Tower. That's because the movie was filmed in 2005 and the Gold Rush Tower didn't open until 2009. Just beyond that, we see Binion's Horseshoe Marquee on top of the former Mint Hotel Tower. Today, as a result of selling the name to Harris, the horseshoe has been replaced with the letter B in the renamed Binion's signature font. In the distance, on the right, we see the iconic dancing Golden Gate marquee, as well as the Las Vegas Club signage just past it. Today, the Las Vegas Club is gone, replaced by Circa, the first hotel casino to be built from the ground up on Fremont Street in nearly 40 years. Beyond the Las Vegas Club, we see the crosswalk connecting Boyd Properties to California and Main Street Station, neither pictured here. And lastly, to the left, we see Plaza's Marquee signage, located on the side of its southernmost hotel tower. The pawn shop featured in the film, if it ever existed in reality, is no longer there. Instead, the corner of Main Street and East Lewis Avenue is home to a Chevron gas station. At five minutes and three seconds, we get to see the scene transition over to the Strip, specifically traveling northbound on Las Vegas Boulevard next to Riviera. This sort of transition is something that tends to annoy some about movies set in Las Vegas. That's because, based on where we were last able to establish the character being geographically, which was northbound on Main Street, headed towards Fremont Street, Seeing the character a second later traveling northbound on Las Vegas Boulevard next to Riviera would appear to violate geographic continuity. However, films are meant to be a heightened sense of reality. They don't follow the character's every movement, only the movements that help to support the overarching narrative. So when we see transitions like this, instead of inferring that continuity with the Vegas landscape is inaccurate in the movie, we have to understand that the key moments in the character's journey does not include every moment in their commute to a destination. In this case, since we see our main character traveling northbound on Main Street, which is just over 2.5 miles northwest of where we see him now on the strip next to the Riviera, the only thing we can conclude is the path the character takes is not the most direct way to get to their final destination. You'll understand why here in a minute fun Easter egg in this scene, at the very beginning of the transition, we see something that shouldn't be there if it's 2003. It's the wind. Even though the time frame for the film is said to be 2003, the movie was actually filmed in 2005. And when opened, 
sister property Encore is in the way. One more item of note. At five minutes and four seconds, we get to see a reflection of Westward Ho in Riviera's signage. At 5.09, we see Hook traveling southbound on Las Vegas Boulevard, the opposite direction of the previous scene. This is why we needed to infer that our main character enjoyed the scenic route before heading to his final destination. Because this is the first time we've seen him traveling in the direction of his destination, south. Previously, he was only shown traveling north, away from his destination. Here, the landscape shows us Bellagio, to our immediate left. Just below the Bellagio Marquee, we see signage for the Jockey Club, a building you'll see in a minute and is still there today. However, most people look right through it because the Jockey Club was all but absorbed when Cosmopolitan was built around the timeshare structure on the land formerly used for Jockey Club's parking. Today, a friendly agreement between the two properties exists, dedicating a section of Cosmopolitan's parking garage for Jockey Club use only. Speaking of Cosmopolitan, if you look close, you'll see a sign advertising residencies at the Cosmopolitan. Like many new projects announced in Vegas in the early 2000s, Cosmopolitan was intended to be a mixed-use resort, hotel, and residency. They pivoted from that plan when the Great Recession hit and the condo market evaporated. While the movie was filming in 2005, only construction on Cosmopolitan's underground parking garage was underway. Beyond Bellagio, the landscape features Caesars Palace and the Mirage's Marquise, followed by Treasure Island, the Paris Balloon, the Bally's, and the Flamingo. From this point of view, it can appear that Bally's Marquis is located past the Flamingo Hotel Tower. This isn't a mistake in the movie, it's a real optical illusion that you can see today. As we see Huck coming towards the camera, he makes a right turn onto the road in front of the Jockey Club. When the camera changes its point of view at 5 minutes and 16 seconds, it brings into view the Aladdin in the background. On this scene, we get to see a legitimate break from geographic continuity. Because the turn we saw Huck make in the previous shot onto the road just past Bellagio in front of the Jockey Club is not the same road he turns onto when the camera angle changes. After the camera angle changes, we see Huck turning on to West Harmon, a street that is one block further south of the Jockey Club. Further confirming this, at 5 minutes and 17 seconds, we see construction walls surrounding the Cosmopolitan site, something we couldn't see beyond Huck if he turned onto Jockey Club Road because it would have been in front of him. His distance from the Bellagio sign is also further than previously established during his right turn. Lastly, and most important, is the view of the Aladdin. Very specifically, the location of the Aladdin marquee and the Desert Passage shops confirms that Huck is turning onto West Harmon Road. Speaking of the Aladdin, this property has a long, unique history in the city of Las Vegas. The original Aladdin opened in 1962 as the Tally Ho before being rebranded the Aladdin when Milton Prell took over in 1966. It operated until 1997 and was imploded in 98 to make way for a new Aladdin Planet Hollywood joint project. The original plans called for a music-themed project, but were eventually abandoned, and 
the new Aladdin opened in 2000. However, in 2001, they declared bankruptcy. Their former partners, Planet Hollywood, took advantage of the opportunity and acquired them. Some speculate that the Aladdin's failure had little to do with mismanagement and more to do with its undesirable theme, Middle Eastern, in a post-9-11 world. Whatever the reason, it would take Planet Hollywood ownership a few years to decide on a renovation plan to turn the Aladdin into Planet Hollywood. In 2007, the Planet Hollywood rebranding was complete, largely an interior aesthetic shift. That being said, the exterior frontage renovation was significant enough that it projected a clear shift in concept. Planet Hollywood seemed to be able to capture lightning in a bottle and was a success from day one. But this was still during the Great Recession, and eventually, financial challenges forced ownership to default on their mortgage. Caesars Entertainment took advantage of the opportunity and acquired Planet Hollywood in 2009. Since then, it's been a part of the top performing properties in the company's portfolio. Back to the journey. At five minutes and 20 seconds, we see Huck traveling north on Frank Sinatra Boulevard, an access road between Las Vegas Boulevard and I-15. Here again, we have to believe the filmmakers are only showing us the highlights of Huck's journey, and the right turn we saw him take onto Harmon was not so he could get to Frank Sinatra Boulevard because you can't get to Frank Sinatra Boulevard from Harmon. Frank Sinatra Boulevard is a service road running behind properties on the west side of the Strip from Mandalay Bay to Treasure Island. It's designed to keep delivery trucks and semis out of traffic on Las Vegas Boulevard. We'll get to see something that supports this theory later in the film. At five minutes and 23 seconds, Huck turns east into Bellagio's delivery entrance off Frank Sinatra Boulevard. At 5 minutes and 23 seconds, Huck turns east into Bellagio's delivery entrance off Frank Sinatra Boulevard. After making his way through the employees-only area of Bellagio, as if he'd done it a hundred times, at 6 minutes and 20 seconds, Huck comes into Bellagio's Fontana Bar. Fontana Bar closed at Bellagio in 2011 to make way for Sam Nazarian's Hyde Lounge. Hyde enjoyed the space until it closed in 2019. Plans on what will replace it were not disclosed at the time, but it's believed it will remain a nightclub under a new brand. Also in this scene, at 6 minutes and 22 seconds, we get to see the fountains of Bellagio going off outside of the windows of the Fontana Bar. At 6 minutes and 41 seconds, we see Huck walking through the casino, arriving at the poker room at 6 minutes and 46 seconds. But this is not really Bellagio's poker room. Because at the time the movie was being filmed, the Bellagio poker room was under renovation. Fortunately for the filmmakers, as part of that renovation, Bellagio was selling all the old versions. We hope you've enjoyed this premium content preview. For access to the rest of this episode, as well as all the premium content we offer, go to patreon.com slash 360vegas. A monthly subscription will give you access to the enhanced version of the podcast, often with bonus content, exclusive podcasts like 360 Vintage Vegas, 360 Origins, 360 Vegas Movies, insider information on all things 360 Vegas, 360 Vegas Vacation, and early access to everything. To subscribe, simply go to patreon.com slash 360vegas. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Or you can find a link to Patreon on our blog, 
360vegaspodcast.com. Yeah.